So welcome to episode 76 of The Space in Between. Today we're going to lean into the mystery of my story. So I'm here in West Virginia and just got settled in about a little over a week ago. And I'm going to share a bit about what has transpired since I've been here. But before I do, a couple things happening over in our nomad land for you to be a part of is we now have a consistent schedule of offerings. So every day, Monday through Friday, we have 8 a.m. offerings. So meditation, my Movement 109 practice, and yoga is happening uh, every day, 8 a.m. to depends on the day. Yeah, Monday we just did a meditation today that was about 20 minutes over at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, But tomorrow I'll be offering a Movement 109 practice, a movement practice that's about 75 minutes from 8 to 9.15. And we have a yoga class on Wednesdays, 8 to 9 a.m. with a nomad teacher, Lori Beers, this week, and she'll be leading the meditation on Fridays this week. And then uh, a couple of other nomad teachers will be taking that on for uh, these guest spots of, of nomad yoga classes. But you can go over to the nomad website and find out more. We have a nice little special happening now. If you come to class and you bring a friend, because it's always better with friends. Yeah, if you bring a class, a friend to class uh, this month, you will get your next class free. So bring a friend, tell them, share the love, share the love of self-care and wellness and and groundedness in these very weird, uncertain times. Yeah, share, share that with a friend and you can benefit from it too, not only by sharing the experience with them, but also getting in that, your next free class. So, and one other thing that's happening in our virtual nomad land world is uh, the offering of Move Into Breath with Erica Forcell and myself. So my movement practice with her offering of breath work will be Sunday, May 31st at 10 a.m. And that's a really special offering. We did it last month, moving it over to the virtual world. And I thought it was really beautiful. I, I got to participate in it and yeah, it was really powerful. <laughs> so if you're looking for something to ground you, but then also open you up to a new perspective in a very intense, I will say, way, then join us. Join us for Move Into Breath uh, at the end of this month. So those are just a few things that are happening in Nomadland. And yeah, let's dive into what we're talking about today. So again, I'm inviting us all to lean into the mystery of my story. And I have a few stories today, so I'm going to tell you a story about the time my dad had a lion, <laughs> uh, the time that I was Sandra D in my the musical Grease, why I'm thinking that time is going to be shifting in a very different perspective for all of us, if it hasn't already, and the ceremony that I, I had that last week. So and how they're all connected. (laughs) So let's start. Where shall we start? So what's kind of sparked this is 
because I've been playing with the idea, having all of this sort of open-ended time with uh, the pandemic here and all of us sort of in this lockdown. And I'm here now living in West Virginia with my grandma for an uncertain amount of time. Uh, I've decided to come back to looking at my book, rewriting my book. I wrote my memoirs about three years ago and it was definitely very therapeutic. There was a lot of trauma that I was working through and so writing it down, documenting it in some way felt very necessary. Uh, And I also felt it was very necessary to share it with other people so that they could reflect upon their own lives. But I was still in it. I was still feeling it and still kind of not not wanting anybody to look at it and edit it, right, with that editor's eye because I was still so attached to the story. And then I would look back at it, you know, six months, a year out, and I didn't feel same about not necessarily wanting anybody to touch it, but also I I was starting to feel like it was flat in some ways, that it was just sort of this linear story from, you know, the time Phoebe came into this world to, you know, somewhat present uh, uh, history, right? Uh, And all of the trials and tribulations between that. And I was still feeling, I was feeling a little flat. I was also feeling like I didn't have time. I dove right into the past two years of leading teacher trainings for Nomad that were back to back and very time consuming and lots of energy. So I didn't even have the time or the energy. But so when time came back around, yeah, with this, this sort of silver lining of what we're going through, there is this silver lining of time, at least in my world. And I decided, okay, it's time to, to look at that. And when I sat and I looked at it again, looking at this sort of linear experience of my life, I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling as excited about it. And one of them being was that I was noticing all these different patterns that had been showing up. And I wanted to reflect that. And I was thinking about how we're starting to experience time in a different way before this pandemic. And my teachers, uh, Elizabeth Andes Bell, who I've I've shared with you, um, and she's been on this podcast a couple of times now, she's been teaching and, and kind of preaching to me about how we're about to experience the fourth dimension, being time, in a whole nother way. And then the other day, I was listening to uh, Rob Bell, who I listen to his podcast pretty regularly. He also spoke about this, how we're about to experience time in a very different way. Prior to the pandemic, almost like the pandemic is accelerating our experience of time. And so I've been thinking about, okay, what could that look like? What does that feel like? And when I was looking back at this book that I want to play with, with you all through the podcast, because I thought, oh, I really want to bring it to life. Let's bring it to life with, you know, with my voice sharing these stories rather than just words on a paper. So that's sort of the initiation here today is starting that journey with you all of revisiting this book. But I was looking at that time idea and that aspect and looking at all these patterns and I was really in how it was somewhat cyclical. And Rob Bell and my teacher was also talking about how we are not just experiencing time literally, from when we're born to all those little milestones in our lives to death, right? But we're also experiencing it cyclically. 
right? We see the seasons, we experience the seasons, we come back around on those, you know, those dates that might have significance, anniversaries or deaths or whatever, and we're always cycling back around to them. So when I was looking at my patterns, when I looked at the story that I want to share with the world, I was noticing other patterns right within them. And I was realizing, oh, time isn't just linear. It's not just cyclical, but together they're a spiral. And uh, Juan Carlos, who will be on this podcast in another week or so, we just recorded, we talked about this a couple of years ago in a nomad talk about how how it's a spiral, how things come back around. Maybe these patterns, maybe they're patterns of trauma or maybe they're patterns of celebration, um, but they come back around in some way. And we, no- we mostly notice the ones that we don't feel comfortable with, right? Those moments of like, why am I dealing with this again, <laughs> right? Why is that sort of archetypal person in my life again that I just can't get rid of? Or why does this thing, this situation keep happening to me over and over again, right? We notice those moments of of sort of this mysterious, like, why am I here again? And, you know, some of us might go to therapy and try to pick apart that, deconstruct it, right? Try to change our own thought pattern so it won't show up again. Um, so I was thinking about how life is a spiral, how we come circle back around to these archetypal people, relationships, situations that are we are in, but how each time we have this opportunity to shift our perspective. Maybe it's just seeing it in a different light, or maybe it's just taking a step to the right or to the left of what we did before. And so I'm hoping as I share these stories with you today and then moving on in the future that you can begin to turn the light on and see what is transpiring for you. What what are those little things that keep circling back around to you that you feel in your bones and you're not quite sure what to do with? And how can we lean into the mystery of your own story? How can you lean into the mystery of your own story? Not like trying to control it, uh, but how can you lean in with curiosity, with surprise and awe? And so where I'm going to start today with one of my stories is I thought it would be, I thought it would be made sense to start with where my story began, as far as I know, (laughs) in this manifestation of Phoebe. And that begins with my mom, who was in college in about 1974, 75-ish, in York, Pennsylvania. And she was, you know, rather young and vibrant, beautiful woman. And she was walking down the street one day, and she sees this very handsome man who looks somewhat like Jesus, (laughs) long hair, beard. It was the 70s, yeah. Um, Just walking his pet lion. (laughs) Yes, he was walking his pet lion on a leash in the middle of York, Pennsylvania. (laughs) And she decided to speak to this man. Now, little did she know that my dad, but maybe she could have had a sense of of who he was, but my dad wasn't, mm, he kind of walked on his own his own beat, yeah. So he owned a waterbed business because it was the 70s. What else do you do? Yeah. 
Uh, but he also, uh, as his side job, yeah, uh, dealt drugs. Yeah, so he was a drug dealer. And so his business partner and himself, they had two lions as their security to both businesses. So he had this, these two lions living on the roof of the waterbed business, <laughs> protecting who else knows, you can imagine, um, for these two businesses. And yeah, occasionally he would put Simba, was one of the lions, and he also had Sabo, on a leash and take them for a walk. I think one at a time. <laughs> you know, two lions would cause way too much <laughs> attention. <laughs> so he would put this Simba on a leash and take him for a walk. And so one day, here is my mom walking through the streets of York, Pennsylvania, waiting for her bus. As she sits there, she finds her bus stop and sits there waiting for the bus. Then she sees this handsome man walking a lion. Now, what would you have done? Me? I don't know. Don't know if I would necessarily talk to the guy with the lion, but my mom leaned in and she said, hey, who, what's your story? What's this story of your lion? And they chit-chatted, she flirted, and she decided to invite him to a college party that she was throwing that weekend. And she said, you can come, but you have to bring the lion. <laughs> so he did. And the rest is history. They met, they continued to date. And about a year or two later, I was conceived and here I am. I don't think a lot of people can say that a lion called them into this world. <laughs> So I have always, as soon as I found out that story, I don't even know if I knew it until I was in my early adulthood, but as soon as I heard that story, I felt something light up inside of me, the spark of like, wow, um, the mystery of it, but also like, uh, yeah, that to makes total sense, <laughs> knowing who my parents were, but also knowing who I was. Uh, and so... I just often would think about this, and this is something for you to think about, is the mystery, the how my mom leaned into this mystery, right? All the what ifs. What if she saw what if she saw my father on the street without the lion? Maybe he was walking past her without the lion. Would she have noticed him? Would she have talked to him? What if she did see him with the lion and she turned the other way because he she was obviously she would could be very um yeah, understandably kind of nervous to be around this dude with a lion, right? And all the other questions that all the other possibilities of the what ifs of what she could have done, but she leaned into with the space of curiosity of, wow, what would happen if this, right? And so I invite you all to maybe lean into some what ifs for yourself today or this week, in our, in our practices this week, I pulled the card for the flame. And this is going to be our theme throughout our classes this week of remembering those little sparks that we might have forgotten about, creating a little bit more space for that flame to, to radiate out with, from within you to out into the world. So that's the story of my dad and the lion and my mom and me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
so why why am I sharing this with you now? Not just to tell you the story of how I got here, but it sort of sparked something within me when I was thinking about where we are right now and how there is this huge shift. We're about to enter, if we haven't already, a whole new perspective. Yeah, a whole new finding a new normal. And so what does that look like? What does that feel like? And it was interesting because at this time before the pandemic, I was already looking at how my life was going to change dramatically. I gave up my apartment about a year ago. I've been traveling. I've been staying with friends. I've been house sitting. I've been cat sitting. I've been working in various places and leading retreats. So I've been very much on the go. And I knew that this time, just actually about this week, my sister was planning to get married. She still is, but I was planning to, after her her wedding, go and find a new home and plant roots. But there's something else here for all of us to stand still. But I knew that there was a shift coming in some way, individually, collectively. And I'm feeling, especially now that we are in the midst of this, to recommit something to myself, recommit to myself in some way. You know, what do I want my new normal to look like when this is all said and done, when we're on the other side of it? Or even if this is what our new normal is for a period of time, what do I want that to look like, right? What do I have control over and what can I create space for? So what are there things that I want to release and to make space for something new? And so with that, some other little events that happened with this past week was I was moving here to West Virginia. Um, I was watching the date creep up to my, what would have been my wedding anniversary, which was May 8th. It would have been my 15th year wedding anniversary and my seventh year of being divorced. And so seven years, every seven years, we are regenerating ourselves. We are, we are not the same person, literally. Yeah. Every seven years we're completely regenerated. And so here I was approaching seven years of of this huge transformation that began uh, with my father dying and, and my divorce that happened rather suddenly, um, I thought, wow, it would be really exciting to celebrate that in some way. And I would love to claim back that day, May 8th, not in a way of um, you know bashing what I had, but really to celebrate it and claim it back for me as opposed to me and someone else. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll get married to myself or have some sort of ceremony. And then in the midst of that, I was talking to a friend who changed his name about a couple of years ago. And he told me the story of how he changed his name when he went to India and how he was sort of running from this old life of hustling and, and really wearing down his physical body and how it was manifesting in a lot of different ways. And when he went to change his name, uh, it was presented to him in a ceremony and he just, his story, I lit up, I lit up and I was like, oh yes, I want that. And I've had many people in my lives who have named, changed their name before. And I thought, oh yeah, I always, there was always something intriguing about that. You know, having this, this creativity to create yourself with the, with a new name. And so when he shared that story with me just a couple, you know, about a week ago from this day that I'm recording now and watching my, you know, what would have been wedding anniversary approaching, I thought, oh, yes, let's have a ceremony and release my old name 
and make space for my new name. (laughs) So that's what we did. So what I decided was that I wanted to have a ceremony with friends, just a few people via Zoom because we still can't hang out together. So I decided to release my name on the full moon with a ceremony with uh, Angel Deer, who was on our podcast last week. And I'd have a whole day, Thursday, where I'd have no last name energetically. And then Friday, I would claim my name with the ceremony with friends. And so I did that. When I was planning out the ceremony, my I was also looking at planning out a little ceremony for my sister's wedding. And so I was going through pictures and set, texting my mom and saying, hey, mom, you know, can you send me pictures of Willa? You know, and I put a little video montage together for her. So she did. And but in the midst of that, she's sending me all these pictures of my little sister, you know, when she was a little girl and I was in college and um, when she would come to visit me and all of that. But then she sent me this one random quote-unquote picture of me when I was in eighth grade uh, when I was playing Sandy in the musical Grease in eighth grade and she said oh this this randomly popped up I need to send it to you now and I looked at the picture and I was like oh my gosh I remember that girl I remember that that time so vividly and it was a really interesting time in my life um I It was when my father came out saying that he had a drug problem, which I somewhat knew already, but he was, he was admitting it and decided to go into rehab. So that's that, that semester that I was playing Sandy in this, this school musical, it was very, very challenging because he was having a very hard time. He had a heart attack, I think about a year prior. Yeah. And he was just going off the on the deep down down in the deep end hitting rock bottom but this wasn't something that i shared with anybody i didn't share with my mom who who i did not live with i lived with my father they were separated and i didn't share it with her i didn't share with any other family members i didn't share it with any any of my friends in fact i went the opposite way i was sandy in a lot of ways i was that popular girl who you know was captain of the palms and lead in the musical and honor student and did all of these things danced in a dance company and so i had a very active life and a very bubbly bubbly outward life but when i went home it was very unstable yeah I didn't know what I was coming home to and it was very challenging at times because I didn't know what I was coming home to and I could be at home and it could have changed like that with him going into flashbacks because he had dealt with um trauma from Vietnam so he would just shift and I would start to learn the signs and know how to take cover for myself. And I've shared a bit of that in my past podcast stories of that. So I was sort of leaving, leading these double lives. And when it came time to audition for Sandy, or rather for Greece, uh, I really, really wanted to audition for Rizzo, the bad girl. <laughs> because I wanted... I was so drawn to her, especially that song, There Are Worse Things Yet I Could Do. And that was the, my audition song because I felt I 
belted it out and I just embodied it because there were so, I related to her in such a deep level of having this sort of different persona. Yeah. Um, she was a, like a rough and tough bad girl, but I was sort of like the bubbly girl, but having this sort of external, you know, um, image, right. And then there was something deep inside that we were holding on to hiding. And I used that song to, you know, basically channel that and really just wanted to embody and have that outlet to really just let everyone know, (laughs) um, without telling them, right. Without actually literally telling them, but just allowing there some sort of outlet to release what I was feeling at home. Uh, but I was Sandy and, you know, visually I had that image and that bubbly girl with the long ponytail. And so I was cast as Sandy, which I was really grateful for, but, and what happens, right? If you know the, the musical is at the end, she goes through her own transformation, right? She kind of claims her own little badass girl <laughs> to a certain extent. And so, um, I had a lot of fun with that. I had a lot of fun with that. And so what I, why I'm sharing this with you <laughs> is because that song came to me. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. The version that she sings right before that transformation. And she talks about how, or she sings rather about the insecurities, the fears that hold her back and how she wants to say goodbye to the old Sandra D. And so in my ceremony, I decided let's do a meditation with this song and so when we did the meditation we did this walking meditation with this song and i invited everyone to look at what sandra d do you want to say goodbye to right what is there in the in that persona that you kind of shine outwardly is hiding within you and you want to say goodbye to that and so i invite you all to look at that for yourself. Is there something within you when you return to some sort of new normal, right? Can you use this time in your sort of cocoon state that we're in to release the old Sandra D, right? So that your new butterfly can fly freely with freedom and joy. And so in this journey, yeah, of finding a new name, I knew that there were certain things that I wanted to release. I knew that I wanted to release my last name being Miller, was my father's last name. And though I, you know, was Miller and then I took a married name and then I came back to Miller after my father died and I went through my divorce, I wanted to reclaim it and honor him. And I felt like I did a lot of work within those seven years of, you know, honoring him and reclaiming myself and going through all of the patterns that led me to that place that was so very challenging. But there were still things, there's still things that I was ready to release. So some of them being kind of what Miller represented to me was not just my father, but that whole line, that whole lineage um, of Miller's was this idea that we are separate. Yeah, us versus them, that I wasn't good enough that there was decisions made by fear, anxiety, anger, and rage. That I wanted to release the feelings of not feeling safe physically or speaking up for myself. I wanted to release the idea 
that I needed to have chaos in order for mystery to arrive. Right? I had this whole belief that the chaos that my father always was creating, I never knew what I was going to get. There was always mystery in there, right? There was sometimes the mystery was not so good, but sometimes the mystery was really exciting and beautiful and loving. But I never knew what I was going to get. And so you kind of had to have that element of chaos, right? And so I was noticing I was continuing that on my in my own adult life of creating some sort of chaos for the mystery but i wanted to realize and i am realizing now that even in consistency there can be space for mystery i wanted to release these feelings of being manipulated to always feel shameful or guilty especially when i was shining my light in a way that kind of felt like I needed to dim my light, right? I always carried a little bit of shame for being so bright um, around some others. I wanted to let go of living with others' expectations, and I wanted to let go of addictive tendencies and dysfunctional relationships. And a lot of that I have done. A lot of this I have done, a lot of this work the past seven years. But I wanted to kind of seal that, seal the deal and make space for something new. And so what did I want to make space for? I wanted to recommit myself. I wanted to recommit myself to building something that feels safe with structure and consistency, but that there's enough space for freedom and playfulness within it. Knowing that that's possible. I wanted to create, um, recommit myself rather to trusting the process. I have come to really be able to trust the mystery when it comes up. But yes, like all of us, especially with this pandemic, there's definitely this wave of not trusting the process. And so I'm recommitting to trusting the process. And that's something that we all could do, right? Recommit to trusting the process. There are hard times here right now and ahead of us, but trust the process. Trust that we will get on the other side of this. I wanted to recommit to being loyal to myself and to the people that I love, showing up for them in ways that maybe I feel that I had lacked in the past. I want to recommit to being creative and passionate about the mysteries of life and to dance with it all. You all know that I'm a dancer, so I wanted to embrace the mystery, the the creativity, the passion, the love, the joy, of dancing with life. And so those are some of the things that I chose to make space for and recommit to. And so (laughs) with all of that, my name, as I claimed on Friday, February, February, no, May, (laughs) as I claimed May 8th, 2020 is Phoebe Elizabeth Leona. Leona Leona is lioness in Spanish. And I chose this because the lioness is what called me into this world. That beautiful divine creature brought my parents together and called me forward into the manifestation of who I am right now. And I feel that she is still calling me forward. She's still out there ahead of me if we look at it in terms of forward and back. 
but she's still calling me forward into this beautiful divine creature that I am and that I continue to grow into. And I really connect with animal totems. I love looking up animal totems. Whenever I see an animal or my friends tell me of, you know, their kind of interesting interaction with animals, I always, we always sit down and Google like, ooh, what's that animal totem? And so when I was sitting here meditating with this new name, this new symbol that I wanted to grow into even more fully, make space for lioness, I decided let's look up animal totem. So just a few thoughts for you to also to reflect upon. The lioness epitomizes the goddess and divine feminine energy. She embodies creativity, imagination, originality, vision, inspiration, and resourcefulness. Lionesses are known for their strategy and creating opportunities where there might not appear to be any. She is pivotal in the pride to um, within the pride she is pivotal to the prosperity growth and survival of the tribe she is connected deeply with the divine feminine lunar energy of the moon and my first name is phoebe the goddess of the moon which i thought was quite interesting Uh, people with the lion totem are fiercely independent confident and in control with while being balanced with a quiet demeanor Her internal power can make positive or negative changes in their lives and the lives of others around them. She is very loyal and will defend her friends and family with honor. Lioness symbolizes hope, victory, tenacity, and stamina. In Egypt, the Sphinx has the body of a lion, which is a sacred symbol of the goddess who safeguarded the pharaohs in the afterlife. Historians tell that the playful goddess of dance and protection appeared in early illustrations as having a lioness head instead of a domestic cat. (laughs) The lioness spirit likes people who nurture and protect the weak. The lioness beauty is and out-of-the-box thinking is not always predictable, but yet reliable. She is intuitive, patient, adaptable, and formidable. She is unafraid to go after what she desires. The lioness is known for stepping outside of her comfort zone to look beyond what is seen and seeks stable ground. She does not fear any situation and does not take steps forward with the space of fear because she trusts that another door open when another door closes so let it be so I have recommitted to embodying all of that as best as I can and I invite you all too is there an inner lioness within you What is it that you want to claim for yourself? So is there something that you are ready for in this new normal to to recommit to or to commit to for the first time? And to come back around to this whole idea of time, 
as I was preparing for <laughs> this podcast today, I had all of my notes written out and I went to go and have lunch. And my grandmother, she had a little quote for me. She wrote it out and put it on my little place setting at lunch. And it's from one of my, uh, my teachers, yeah, Martha Graham. She wasn't physically my teacher, but I studied her lineage and studied her and danced her dances while I was a dancer. So this quote is from her, Martha Graham. And she says, no artist is ahead of his time. He is his time. It is just that others are behind the time. <laughs> and I love that because we've been talking We've been having conversations about time and how how the artist seems to reflect what is about to happen for all of us collectively. Yeah, they seem to be a bit ahead of the curve for all of us. And then what happens is science backs it up and then we continue to move forward collectively. And so I love that she just sort of randomly <laughs> found that quote in her Reader's Almanac today and decided to put it on my place setting right before I spoke with you. So I felt that it was necessary to share with you. So those are some of my stories. Yeah. How can they be a part of you now? How can you lean into your own mystery, the mystery of your story? Are there places where you feel that you have pulled back from and turned the other way because you were scared or or anxious or didn't quite know what the outcome would, would be? Are there ways that you could turn back and lean into the mystery with curiosity? And it doesn't have to be a big giant leap like talking to someone with a lion on a leash. <laughs> they could be whatever it is for you, those little things that are here for you all the time, right? All these opportunities are in front of you every moment, every day is an invitation to lean into the mystery. And are there places where you can recommit to yourself? Maybe there were places that you felt like you veered off of your track, or maybe you're feeling like you're just on a track that you don't want to be on anymore. Is there something that you can recommit to or commit to that's in your world right now? Or maybe it's beyond this normal that we're in now and you can just take the next step, just the next step that's ahead of you. So those are some of my invitations for you today. You can definitely recommit to yourself without changing your name. <laughs> but if you decide that you want to change your name, I highly recommend it. It has been very liberating to, to have this experience and embody something that I'm excited about, that lights me up. Yeah, again, what lights you up? What lights you up? Can you lean into that with curiosity? Can you lean into it with a space of recommitting to the next step? Just that next thing that wants to happen. What is that? What lights you up? And enjoy, enjoy this journey that we're all on together. I'll be sharing more of these stories with you as we go on. Um, we'll, be, we'll also be alternating with our interviews with our friends who are also in the space in between in this quarantine. 
Ooh, I never said that before. Space in between and the quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So we want to give you perspective on what other people are, how other people are living through this and so that you can reflect on the spaces that you are in right now too. Yeah, and I'll just keep leaning into the mystery of my story and sharing with you as we move along. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. And have a beautiful day.